Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad to know that you're seated at the Father's right hand in Christ? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we've been teaching on the subject, Christ is your life. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. You are dead. You were in Christ when he died on the cross. The Bible says that, know ye not that you were baptized into his death, and you were buried with him by baptism into death? And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, you too were raised up and made to sit together with him at the Father's right hand. So you were crucified with him, you were buried with him, you were resurrected with him, and you ascended with him. And so, that being the case, you ought to walk in the newness of life as one that has been raised up from the dead and seated in heavenly places in Christ. And it, but it also says that not only are you dead with him, but your life, the life that you now have, it is tied up with Christ in God. You are yoked together with Christ. Your life is in Christ. The whole of your life, all of your future, the purposes of God, the grace of God, everything about you, your whole life is in Christ. And then it goes further and it says, in fact, Christ is your life, is the very essence of your born again spirit. Amen? Colossians 3 verse, verse um, 11 is going to say, Christ is all and in all. Say, Christ is my life. Now, it is awesome, this Christ, that Christ is your life. But, but you see, if Christ is my life, number one, and the whole essence of my being, and all of the purposes of God and the grace and everything that has to do with me, my whole life is in Christ, I better know what that's about. Because he will, all, he will always cause me to triumph where? In Christ. Which means if I'm not functioning there, I'm not going to always triumph. Are you with me? So I need to understand, and, and besides, as a man thinketh in his heart, I have to understand what does it mean that the whole of my life is in Christ and that Christ is my life. So that I can have faith. So I can walk by faith. So that I can think in line and in harmony with the reality of who I am. And so I can talk, and so that my very confession, the very words of my mouth, will be in agreement with the truth of who I am and what the Word of God reveals. But I can't think right and talk right and act right if I don't understand this, if I don't have a comprehension of Christ. So, just a, a quick comprehension of Christ. I'm just going to take this off. Which is this. Um, just a couple of things very quickly. Jesus said, Jesus asked the disciples, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 14. He says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Peter answered and said in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Not just the son of man. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. What does Christ? Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one... Um, and the word anoint means to, 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 to um, it's, it's not, what is the word I'm looking for? God anointed him. It, it, is to, it is to rub on. It is to smear. Well, God anointed the man Christ Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. What did he anoint him with? Acts chapter 10 verse, verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the man born of Mary, with the Holy Ghost, which is God, and power. So Jesus, God smeared on him the Holy Ghost. God smeared on him God. God smeared on him himself and power. So Christ is the anointed one. And the Bible, the Bible says, Christ, that you, he who has anointed us and has established us is God, that you and I are anointed. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Amen? So, but it has to do, so Christ has to do with the anointing. We can do all things through what? Christ, the anointing. 
But not only that, as Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Christ also has to do with the son of the living God. You and I are, now are we the sons of what? We are the sons of the living God. So the, the issue of Christ also has to do with sonship. So I can do all things through that sonship. I can, um, I can, God will always cause me to triumph if I operate in that sonship. And even as I operate in that sonship, the sons are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now what else is an aspect of this, of this comprehension of Christ? Well, it says in, um, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24, Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. So it is the power of God. If we can operate in the wisdom of God, would we not always triumph? If we can operate in the, in, in, in the power of God, how can we ever be defeated? Because the power is the ability to get things done, to bring forth change. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because, because that gospel of Christ is the power of God. Unto what? Salvation, wholeness, prosperity, whatever. Triumph. Say triumph. triumph. So it is the power of God. That's why Paul says, look, my, I, I'm sharing these things with you so that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So that your faith might be in Christ. So that you might awake to the reality of Christ in you, and that will become your hope of glory. He says, that is why I didn't come with the enticing words of man's wisdom. But I came in demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power so that your faith might stand in the wisdom of God, in the power of God, so that your faith might stand in Christ. Say faith in Christ. So that we would have a steadfast faith in Christ, it says in, in another place in Colossians. I think Colossians, Penry, wherever. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5. So that wisdom of God is an aspect. The power of God is a part of the comprehension. And I love this one. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, but not only that, he is made unto us righteousness. So Christ is your righteousness. Christ is righteousness. Well, when we, are, when we, when we, ex, we study out the righteousness of God, which we're not going to do today, but the one aspect of righteousness that simply has to do with this oneness with God, Christ is that oneness with God. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Amen? And he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus is here and we are the body. Amen? Hallelujah. So Christ is righteousness. That means then again, he will always cause us to triumph if we will function in righteousness. Because, because if you, again, if you study it out, the kingdom of God, Hebrews 1 verse 8 says, is after the scepter of the kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. The kingdom of God is activated by righteousness. Are you with me? And it says in, the, in, the, in, I think, Psalms 103 and verse 19, that that kingdom of God ruled it over all. That's triumph, isn't it triumph? Hallelujah. If you are established in righteousness, established in Christ, Establishing the power of God, establishing the wisdom of God. What does it say? Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 14 says, You will be far from oppression because you shall not fear. And in fact, no weapons going to form against you will prosper. Why? Because your righteousness is of Him. Yes. Say, I'm righteous. Christ is in me. That's my hope of glory. So you see, all those are, are comprehensions of this righteousness, and it's very, very important. Now, um, it is, you know, grabbing these things, it is a faith proposition. We got to take a hold of these things by faith. We got to take a hold of this righteousness, this oneness that we have with God by faith. You see, faith is counted for righteousness. What does that mean? The Bible says in um, Romans chapter 4, verse 5, Romans chapter 4, verse 9, that Abraham's faith was counted for righteousness. Our faith is counted. It's credited to us. God says, you operate in faith. I come to you as righteousness. That sounds wonderful, but what does that mean? It means then that if I'm in faith and I'm believing right and I'm talking right and I'm acting right and I'm in faith, my faith comes for righteousness. That means my faith gives me the right to operate in oneness with God. It gives me the right to operate in Him, as Him. I'm not Him, 
but to operate in that authority, to operate as if I have right standing, no guilt, no shame, no etc. etc. And Christ is the embodiment of righteousness. Christ is the life of your spirit. That is why it will say in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, that your spirit man, this new man, is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. That's the essence of the being of God. Are you with me? So, when we recognize how awesome it is, and let me go one step further. I haven't worked on this one, but nevertheless, I put it out there. Paul says, I would rather glory in my weakness. Why? That the power of Christ might rest upon me. What was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that God's grace is, is sufficient for him. It is called the gospel of grace. It's also called the gospel of Christ. The point is, you see, Christ is the grace, the empowerment, the enablement of God. So Christ is grace. That is why people argue and they get all twisted out of shape and, uh, regarding the issue of grace and, and when in fact, you can't argue with grace. Grace is a person. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. The law was given by Moses, but grace came when Jesus showed up. Ha, ha, ha. Are you with me? I can do all things through Christ because of the grace, the enablement, the empowerment. So you can, but when we get a grasp of the various comprehensions of this word, Christ, recognizing that, and, and then what happened, we can plug that into various verses and we can see more in those verses than we would have otherwise seen. We will see more than anointing. Thank God for that. We will see more than power. Thank God for that. We will see more than righteousness. Thank God for that. But we will also see grace. We will also see wisdom. And quite frankly, we haven't gotten there. And we will also see issues like redemption. Because he's made out to us redemption and sanctification. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that being the case, and Christ is in you. Is he in you? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So when you recognize the essence of Christ, and you see, here's what happened. God anointed, God took this man, Christ Jesus. This man, sorry, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, that was perfect in all of his ways, obeyed every law, fulfilled every righteous requirement, never spoke a word crosswise with God. The Bible says that how um, he spoke only the words of God. And because he was so upright and perfect, God was able to give him the spirit without measure. John chapter 3, 34. In other words, God was able to lavish on him and, and literally smear him with his very own self and power. Now that Christ, the Christ, is who is in you and in me. Are you with me? He is the wisdom. He is the righteousness. He is the holiness. He is the great. Oh, how awesome. Or that not to give you hope that Christ in you is definitely the hope of what? Hallelujah. But we are to therefore awake to this reality that this is what I got. This is who is in me. Christ, awake to righteousness, means what? Awake to Christ in me. And stop having a mindset whereby you are separating yourself from him. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to righteousness and stop coming short of the glory. Awake to Christ and stop being in that place of separation. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might break that, break that, 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 that or, 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 or remove that hindrance, remove that wall, remove that sin consciousness. So that the worshippers, once purged, will no, more, will no longer have a consciousness of sin, but will be able to come boldly into the holiest of holies, through the blood of Christ and through the veil of his flesh that was stoned. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. So that we could be justified just as if sin has never been, as if the fall never took place. If we cannot be, if God has not accomplished by the sacrifice of Christ to put us, to, uh, to put us back to the place as if sin has never been, then it would mean that what the devil succeeded in doing in Adam was greater than what God did in Jesus. But you know it's not so. Whatever the devil did in Adam, whatever God had to do in Christ had to be greater. It had to cancel it all out. Put us right back. Just as if sin has never been justified. The righteousness of God in Christ. Christ in you awake to the reality of that righteousness. Why? Because you see, to be spiritually minded, that's life and peace. Thinking in line with the word of God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
We need a whole spirit of our mind renewed. That's why we got to wait for this. And again, it says in another place, um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Oh, that God wants to, wants to prove what is his good, perfect, and acceptable will. However, there's a condition. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind that you might prove, that you might allow his good, perfect, and acceptable will. If the mind is not renewed and the thinking is not changed, you will not allow that good, perfect, and acceptable will. Hallelujah. As a man thinketh in his heart. So this renewing of the mind allowed God's perfect will and purpose to be done. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, here is the dilemma, however. Here is your wonderful spirit man. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Your spirit man, having the very life of Christ. Your spirit man, pregnant with Christ himself, with all of his righteousness and holiness and wisdom and power and everything else. Your spirit man, the spirit of just men made perfect, Hebrews 12, verse 23. Your spirit man, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Your spirit man. But then on the other hand, your soul doesn't have any of that stuff. Your spirit man is the very essence. The essence of Christ is your spirit man. Christ is your Life, Colossians 3, 4, I didn't make this up. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, but of course, because he died. And all things have become new. That's wonderful. And all things are of? Where is the peace? Is the peace of who? Is the peace of? Is the peace of God. It is the love of God. It is the joy of the Lord. All of that is in your spirit. The essence of the life of Christ is the essence of what's in your spirit, righteousness and true holiness. But that's not how it is in your soul. Your soul is literally bankrupt. Amen? Uh, we got we to gotta, we gotta recognize that. Hallelujah. Your soul, that soul chamber of your heart is bankrupt. It is so bankrupt, in fact, that Jesus says, this is where all the cursing come from. This is where all the evil thoughts come from. Matthew chapter 15, 18, and 19. Where do they come from? Is it from the food you eat, whether you eat unclean? No, it comes forth from the heart. That soul chamber of the heart. Are you with me? The spirit chamber, that's fine. It's made perfect in Christ. The spirit of just men perfected. But one sacrifice is perfected forever. Them that are sanctified. Hebrews 12 and verse 14. But that's not how it is in your soul. So Christ is in your spirit. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of it. Your spirit man has Christ. But your soul don't. And Paul therefore cry out. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Oh how that I prevail at my little children. For whom I travail again, that Christ might be formed in you. Might be. Say might be. You like might be? I don't like might be. <laughs> I thank God that he is in my spirit, but he might be formed in my soul. And Paul says there's going to be some stuff that I travail again to that end. Because you see, think about it for a moment. If Christ, every minute, could so dominate your soul, that life of Christ... That wisdom of God, that power of God, that mind of Christ, that way of thinking. If those things can so, that love of God, that peace of God, that joy of the Lord, that joy of speak, can so dominate your mind, your will, your emotions, your attitudes, your thoughts. What a glorious life that would be. Think about it. So Paul says, I want Christ to be formed in them. The Father says, oh, I wish above all else that it would prosper even as their soul prosper. Because it gives, me no, it gives me so much pleasure when my children walk in truth. When truth is permeating the innermost part of their being and it's dominating their soul. And they purify their soul through the obedience of the word. 1 Peter 1 verse 22. Are you with me? So, so I, I, I'm trying to make this point. It is 
we are to be must recognizing that Christ was reforming our soul, recognizing his bankruptcy, we need to become determined and recognize that I that Christ must be formed in my soul. I've got to have this. My success is determined by it. The Bible says, you know, you know, it speaks about the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, quite frankly, is God's prescription for your total success. The gospel of Christ is God's prescription for your total success because with that is the grace and the power and all of that. Okay. Now, but to, as we move towards our, I get it, I get it, Christ must be formed in me, but how do I get there? How can this happen? Well, here is a little hint. When you stop and you recognize what does it mean for Christ to be formed in me, when you can recognize that and when you can see that in scripture, then you can begin to get some answers. The same way when you can learn to find the sacrifice of Christ in places where it's not obvious, God always, where it says, for instance, in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, by one man offense, death came upon all, but, but how much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. How? Through Christ Jesus. Shall reign in life through him. Which means what? Shall reign in life by virtue of what Jesus did. Which means they're going to reign in life. Because what did Jesus do? The sacrifice. So they'll reign in life through, because of the sacrifice. So now I can see the connection between the sacrifice, the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness, etc. And I can, by simply recognizing that, I can find the sacrifice. And then I find, because if I am just, if I just look for the word sacrifice, man, I might get a couple from Hebrews chapter 10. I might get another one, you know, where, where um, um, we might get a couple here and there, but we're not going to get the one, as many as we need to really get inside. So, but when we recognize, for instance, we see the cross. We, when we say the preaching of the cross, to us is the power of God. Then we recognize, ah, that's talking about the sacrifice. And then we recognize, and if it's talking about the sacrifice, it means the preaching of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, his life that we now have, the promises, the authority in his name, the preaching of those things, that is the power of God unto salvation to us who believe. But why can we recognize that? Because we've learned we can identify the sacrifice. Well, similarly, if we were left with the one verse in Galatians 4 verse 19 where Paul says I prevail again that Christ might be formed in you and if that's all we had then and we, see, and we become desperate and we recognize I've got to have Christ formed in me this must happen my life, my success, everything is so dependent on it and that's the only scripture I have then it means the only way I can get it is by travail you travail, I travail, somebody travail are you with me? And the three, you can't just decide, come on, let's travail. You know, you can't do travail is a work of the Holy Ghost. You can't just say, on the count of ten, we will all travail. No, we can't. So now what happened? This, uh, this, that will be kind of nice. But thank God. Say thank God. thank God. Once you can get the comprehension of, 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 um, of Christ, and you can also grasp what it means for Christ to be formed in you, then you're going to start finding answers. So let me give you a couple of things very quickly. Well, we, we talked about Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which is the mind being renewed. Well, that is a that, When you see stuff about the mind being renewed, that mind being renewed so that you can allow God, good, perfect, and acceptable, that is, that is connected to do with, with this issue of Christ being formed in you. When you read in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, we beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are transformed and changed from glory to glory, even into the image of what we see. That issue of transformation, that process, that is being Christ being formed in you. Romans chapter 8, 29, that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen? When we talk about bringing our soul under the dominion of the word of God, hallelujah. Um, Luke 21 verse 19 says by your patience possess your soul ha 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 can you imagine that by your patience well, what's patience patience is faith continuous isn't it uh, it's faith and staying in faith but what does faith come from the word the word the word are you with me so but through that word and staying with it you can possess your soul hey James agree with that 
James 1 21, he says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Let the word become engrafted in the inside of your soul, and it will save your soul. Get it engrafted into your mind. Get it engrafted into your will. Get it engrafted into your thinking. Get it engrafted into your attitudes. Hallelujah. Even in your memory. That's an interesting one. But anyway. <laughs> so that again, what are we talking about? We are talking there about, um, about Christ being formed in you. So then I can study, but what does it take for this word to be engrafted? What does it take for this transformation? And as I study those things and I get answered, I'm getting answered to the question that I'm asking. How can Christ be formed in me? Are you with me? All right. No. The Bible says in another place, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, that the love of Christ, the love of Christ constrains us, compels us, controls us. When the love of Christ dominates you and then it will go on to say how you know the way you're going to see other people and you're going to live not for yourself but for the will of God because in that you you are dead now that you're alive you ought to live for him that died for you makes sense <laughs> that's good logic isn't it yes. think about it right the love of Christ constrains me and this is what I judge that if one died for all then all were dead and now that for now for us who do live and I hope that's us <laughs> We shall no longer live for ourselves, but for him that died for us and rose again. And so from here on, we don't know any man after the flesh. But if any man, we don't even know Christ after the flesh. But what happened? If, in, if we were in Christ, man, everything changes. We are a new creation, all things pass away, all things, etc., etc. Praise the Lord. So the issue of the love of Christ coming into control and dominion and ruling your life and ruling your choices and ruling and dictating and, and, and so saturating your soul is part of that process. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart, in your spirit chamber. But, but when you come to your soul chamber, man, you still want, you know, you're not ready to turn out the cheek. <laughs> When it comes to that soul chamber, Paul says, Oh God, strengthen him with might by your spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in their heart by faith, and that they might, and they might know this love of God which passes all knowledge. And they would know the love of Christ. Amen? Because in their soul, they don't know it. <laughs> in their soul, they're not intimate with that love. And the Bible even tells us how you can grow and be perfected in that love. 1 John 2, 5 says, When you do the word, when you obey the word. 1 John 4, 18 says, when you practice and ex practice loving one another. But I'm, what am I saying? I'm saying when you begin to see that this is what it means when it's talking about Christ being formed in you, you can study each of those things and begin to get some answers. How can Christ be formed in me? What must I do? And then, of course, there's a process of, of, of sanctification. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, that a God of peace, that's a God of wholeness, the God that reconciles everything to his original intent. Sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, that your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Isn't that right? That process of sanctification which we talked a bit about. Being established in righteousness. Because to be established in righteousness is to be established in Christ. Whatever that takes, again, there's your answers. All right. Now, let me make this statement here because... Hey, we're in this here for purpose. Christ needs to be forming us. Amen? Now, here's the thing. For these, for whatever actions we're going to need to take, renewing of the mind, this, that, that, or the other, is going to require certain things. For one thing, it will require holy discipline. Because it's only what you do continually that eventually produces. It's not what you do once, here and there, every now and then, when I feel like it. Amen? In fact, sometimes when you do it, when you don't feel like it, man, that is when, is that where the pearl, how does the pearl, is it a pearl? That's when the pearl is formed, hallelujah. When you do it in a stressful environment, glory to God, when you begin to rejoice and come to all joy, even though there is tests and trials and there's storms around you. When the waves are, I mean, the waves are beating and it's so, but then you recognize, mm, Christ is here, he's in the boat. I'm going to be at peace and rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was contemplating, you know the scripture in, um, in um, Romans chapter 10, where it says, um, where it says in Romans chapter 10, just, and verse, reading from about verse 6, where it says, 
The righteousness which the faith speaks. And don't forget Christ's righteousness. It doesn't say in your heart who will this ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above. It doesn't say that. Or it doesn't say who will descend into the deep to bring Christ up again from the dead. It doesn't say that. You know why it doesn't say that? You know why it doesn't say Christ pull him down. Christ pull him up because he's right here. Say he's here. <laughs> and as a result, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. Glory to God. Amen. But what is it going to require for us to take necessary action? It's going to take a holy discipline. It will take an obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6 verse 16. It's going to take, at the end of the day, surrender. And there are degrees in that. There is, a, there is even a degree Paul says for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Philippians 1 21. It, it will take he, Ephesians 4 verse 15 speaking the truth in love that you might grow up into the head which is Christ. And in, and in um, Ephesians 5 23 and 24, husbands love your wife etc 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 etc. And then as, 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 as the husband is head as Christ is head of the what? Church which is his body. So it will really mean letting him be head indeed. Learning what that takes for Christ to be head. And for us to grow up into that headship, if you want to call it that. It's going to, take, it's going to, it's going to require some stuff. But at the end of the day, hey, the Bible says the suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Amen? Because again, if you could just see yourself so saturated and Christ being formed in you and dominating these areas of your life, what a life of victory is that? So, let's talk about a few things. How do we get there? How do we get there? Alright, well, first let me present this to you. I, I, you don't need to turn to it. I, 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 let me present this scripture. For, to, for, I don't want to oversimplify it, but at the same time, it needs to be simple so we can take it and run with it. Say run with it. <laughs> In 1 John 5, 7 and 8, if you pull it out particularly from the Amplified, it says that there are three witnesses. The Spirit, the Word, and the Blood. And that these three agree, or they agree as one, one in unison, and their testimony coincides. Amen? The Spirit, the Word, and the Blood. In Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 12, it says, A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I'm going to present to you for the next little while, Those three folk, I'm going to present to you the, the spirit, the word, and the blood, and its application as a threefold cord that we can use to cause Christ to be formed in your soul. Amen? Are we clear? All right. Let's start with the spirit. Again, Galatians 4, verse 9, he says, Paul says, I travail again that Christ might be formed in you. Now, of course, you know to avail and what it's all about and the groanings and etc. etc. But now, but that's, that brings the element of prayer. In other words, it's going to take prayer. Prayer is going to be part of Christ getting over into your soul. And quite frankly, I, I, I find it, I have a mental picture of a prayer that has helped me. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's funny, but that's not good to say on live stream. <laughs> not going to say that. <laughs> but anyway, just imagine, imagine you and God in a phone booth. Or you and God in the closet. Jesus said, it's what you do in the closet that nobody sees or hears. That time of prayer and intimacy with God, he says, what you do in secret He's going to reward you openly. I see God who is a consuming fire. And you and him in the, in the phone booth or you and him in this closet. And I mean, and he fills the place up with the fire of his glory. 
And you're in that atmosphere day after day after day after day after day after day. And being in there is, is, is the issue of prayer. Do you think some of that fire will get on you? <laughs> Do you think if you were butter, you might melt? <laughs> Do you think it would have an effect? So I'm saying that to say there is an intimacy, there is a, there is a waiting on, there is an interwovenness with God. They that wait upon the Lord, renewing their strength, that somehow there is that happens in prayer. So it is, first of all, your own private, personal prayer life. That's, I'm not talking about the public one, but that prayer life. Yes, we pray for one another. Um, Kenneth Hagin used to tell people to, to pray Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3, even for someone that is not saved. That God will open up the eyes of their understanding and give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that we would know the hope of his calling. Praying that for yourself, praying that for other people, praying that for even for family members that may not even know God. So the issue of prayer, first for yourself, and, and I, I mean you want to, that's where your confidence needs to be. But also to, as it says in Psalm 17 and verse 15, it also says praying to the point, to what point? To the point that um, you will not be satisfied until you awaken his likeness. In other words, I'm going to pray and I'm going to stay with this until, uh, until Christ is just oozing out of me. Until I become an epistle of Christ, well of all men. Until Christ that is on the inside comes up and comes out. Are you with me? When I'm, when I become, where, where I mean, you're the fragrance of Christ. Wherever you go, people can smell Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm talking about that type of determined, focused, consistent, day after day prayer life. Paul calls it travail. Now, I know that's another kind of prayer. And you don't have control over travail. If the Spirit of the Lord takes you there, great. But I can't wait for him to take me there. Can you? Amen? But we can pray. We can pray at our own will, and he'll help us. James said, we, are, um, we have not because we ask not. I also do pray specific scriptures. Let God give you scriptures, a lot of scriptures. First Thessalonians 5.23, that basically, that you might be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body completely. Break that down, amplify it, pray. Pray regarding the renewing of your mind. Pray regarding second. Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 that by a scientific fine work of the spirit and the believing of the truth you will be brought into levels of salvation and deliverance and wholeness which again is talking about Christ being formed in you. Pray those scriptures. Pray 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 through the sprinkling through the sanctification of the Holy Ghost and unto obedience and obedience to the sprinkling of the blood. Amen. Pray scriptures. Pray Ephesians chapter 4, 22 and verse 23. That by the grace of God, I would strip off that old man. That he would just burn, be burned right out of me. And that I would be renewed even in the very spirit of my mind and in my attitudes. Where my, my, I'm not, my mind doesn't just get renewed with this is what the word of God says and we're programmed. But even my attitudes begin to be transformed and renewed. Amen? Pray scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so number one, spirit. Number two, the second court, the word. Now, what about the word? Well, the word is alive and powerful, and the word of God is awesome. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, everything is naked before it, which means any and everything is completely defenseless before the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So what do we do with the word? Now, a couple of things I want to mention. Um, in fact, let me put it this way. Say meditation, say meditation, confession, and say doing. I could say action, but let's say doing. That means you got to do something. Amen? All right. Meditation. Psalms 2 verse 1 says, Why do the wicked men wage and imagine vain things or whatever it is against our God and so on and so forth? And the word that they use, imagine, is the same word meditate. In other words then, in meditation, which is you get the word of God, like some of, some of what I'm teaching here is because I gathered up a number of scriptures concerning Christ, and I just, be, I just have them in another book, and I go through them, and I read them, and I look at them, and I, 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 I kind of, and I, and I don't think I've even 
come close to meditating them to the level that I should. Amen? But still, that is a part of meditation. Just getting a word, putting it before your eyes, reading it, muttering it under your breath, speaking it aloud. If you want to put it in a song, meditating on the word, envision it. Can you, can you imagine envision? Lazarus, come forth. And you could just see that. Hey. Amen? We need to meditate on some of these things. We need to meditate on some of these things. So getting hold of the scriptures, especially in relationship to Christ being formed in you, and meditate in them. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no redemptive revelation of the word of God, then the people, they just go all over the place. Right? And there is no, just by keeping that word in your mouth is a means by which you meditate in it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. And then what will happen? You will observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then wisdom is going to come as to how you can do it. But sometimes you see, people think wisdom, okay, it's just going to drop in my lap. Right? No work, no nothing. If any man asks wisdom, God give it to him. Yeah, there is that. Christ is made unto me wisdom. Yes, there is that. But wisdom follows knowledge. It follows knowledge and understanding. Through wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. And through knowledge, its rooms are filled with plenty. Proverbs 24, verse 1 to 3, I believe it is. In other words, then, when you can feed on the word of God, and when you can get knowledge and you can get understanding, then wisdom comes. So that you can know how to act, what to do. Amen? Sometimes we feel we can just say, okay, boom, and the wisdom is going to fall in. I mean, there is certain elements of that, but it is not an excuse for laziness. Hello? Hello. Say hi. hi. All right. <laughs> but meditating on the word, glory to God. The Bible says in, in, in Psalms 45 and verse 1, that says the word, my tongue, is as a pen of a ready writer, writing where? On the tablet of the heart. Proverbs 3, verse 3. You get a word written in your heart. You get a word inscribed in your heart. Visualize that word. Speak that word. See it. See it. See yourself. The Bible says in 2, I think it's 2 Timothy 2 and verse 7. That when you consider, you know, when you oh, consider these things, and the Lord give you understanding. Just by the considering, just by the pondering, just by the thinking, and all of a sudden, boop, the light begins to go off. Because the word has life. And if you keep squeezing it, squeezing it, squeezing it, boop, the light will come out. Isn't that right? It's got life. If you keep squeezing it, boop, it will come out. That's why it's held to all your flesh. The reason why people don't get that divine help and walk in it, they don't squeeze it enough. Don't squeeze the shaman. <laughs> I'm serious. Squeeze the word by meditating the word so that the life that is in it can be, be, be released into you so that the light, the comprehension, the understanding, the revelation, the image. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says in the back of chapter 2, verse 1, I will sit upon my watch and on that place in the tower and I'm going to watch until I can see what he says to me. In other words, it's not enough for me to just hear what he says. But what do you see? Are you with me? I'm going to watch until I can see what he says. And then when I can see what he says, I know what to answer when I am judged. Then I know what I need to say. Then I know how to deal with that enemy. Then I know how to talk to that mountain. Then I know how to bring the creative power of God on the scene. Amen? Because the word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It has creative power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter said, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto me, but it was my Father which is in heaven. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13, basically, um, I just don't have time to turn to it, but it speaks about, girt up the loins of your mind. And then it speaks about the grace that is going to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. In other words, when that Christ is revealed, when that revelation comes, bam, here comes a fresh dose of grace. Why? Because grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of him. Amen? 2 Peter chapter 1 and I think verse 2. Alright. So, the second chord is about meditating. 
And, and it is about a word. And one part of that is meditating. A second part of that is confession. Confession. Say confession. That muttering, that speaking. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. In the King James, you know what it says? Um, with the heart you believe, with the mouth confession made unto salvation and so on. But let me paraphrase that for you in this context. When you believe in your heart, Christ, and you confess with your mouth, Christ, deliverance, salvation, and Christ being formed in you is the result. Are you with me? Why? Because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, unto Christ. And with his mouth, confession is made unto the salvation, deliverance, which is Christ being formed in you. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says, Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. Let your conversation be consistent with the gospel. What gospel? That gospel of Christ. Order your conversation aright. It says in Psalms 50 and verse 23. And I will show you the salvation of God. God says that I'm going to cause the salvation, the deliverance, Christ being formed in you to take place. So let, our, let your conversation be as it becometh. The, let your confession be as, your, as it becometh the gospel. The confession is one part of your conversation. Amen? Let your confession be in accordance to Christ. And then the third aspect of the word is the doing. Say doing. doing. Say it again. Alright. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 14, which is what Paul was quoting when he said the word is near you, even in your mouth and your heart. But when you go back to Deuteronomy 30 verse 14, it says the word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart that you might do it. Say do it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there and day and night that you might observe to do. Say do. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18, Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, you are transformed and changed into the same areas from glory to glory. But how do you behold? That beholding has to do with hearing, it has to do with meditating, but it also has to do with acting on the word. That's how you build the word of God into your life, by doing it, not just by memorizing it. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abided in me, bringing forth much fruit. If, my, if you abide in me and my words live and dwells on the inside of you, prosperity happens. So it says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How does it get in there? Amen? You got to think it, you got to believe it, but you also, and you got to speak it, but you also got to act on it. You got to act as it is so. And by so doing, you build it into your life. <laughs> Let me show you something. John chapter 13 and verse 17. Um, John chapter 13 and verse 17. Hello, where are you? Okay. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. John chapter 13 verse 17. Now you know the story. Prior to that, Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. Okay? Verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and he had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Do you know what it is I've just done to you? You call me Master Lord and you say, Well, for so I am. Then, if I then, your Lord and your Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Now I know in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he's going to say, This is a means by which you can perfect or mature the love of God. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Verily, verily, I say unto you, in other words, you take special note of this. The servant is not greater than the Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Does that mean we are to have a foot washing, washing ceremony? I'm not saying that. I mean, you know, it's not, I'm not saying that. But what is he talking about here? He is talking about the way we deal with water, he's talking about love and stuff like that. Let's take a situation, for instance. Suppose I'm going to be the bad guy here. Is that okay? All right. Let's say me and my wife had some strifeful situation. All right? Oh, I was going to make 
No, sorry, you're gonna be the bad, bad guy. <laughs> or else you're gonna mess up. Else you're gonna mess up my head down here. <laughs> and she does something, something or the other, right? And um, and she doesn't come to me and she doesn't say, ah, oh, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me, I apologize. She doesn't say any of that, right? In fact, she might stick to her position. But then God says to me, forgive. And I'm thinking, what do you mean forgive? I mean, she, has, she hasn't even acknowledged that she, she's wrong. Right? And you know I'm right. <laughs> he said, you know, she hasn't acknowledged, she hasn't asked. Uh, so I, it's like, uh, but he's telling me I must forgive. And, he's, uh, and I'm thinking, but she hasn't even said sorry. I mean, why should I be the one always? Why should it always be me that I have to be the one to come and say sorry and record? Well, why should it be me? Well, the Bible says that the love of Christ constrain you. And then, and then if God goes further and says, Lord, I got difficulty with this. <laughs> I might be willing, but I don't think I'm obedient here. And then the Lord might say to me, well, you know what? Okay, it's not about whether you're right or wrong. Just do this for me. Now what am I going to do? And why is it I wouldn't, I, I, I don't want to do it anyway? P R I D E, pride. It's pride really, is it not? I say all of that because I'm emphasizing this point. If you be, which is being a doer of the word, not a hearer only. In every area, and especially as the, the Lord reveals it to you, and especially when you get the word of God. The Bible says, blessed are the what? Peacemakers. Why? They are going to be called the children of God. Hebrews 12, it could be verse 14 or 15, where it says, seek, not seek peace and pursue. Yeah, seek peace and pursue it. Something like that. Psalm 90 verse, do I worry? Some, yeah. So, and it's not about, so, so what I'm saying is, there's an obedience. If you be willing in obedience, there is an acting on the word. Obedience. Obedience. In the middle, die. Die to I. Amen? Where it's not about I, it's not about me, it's about what does the word say. It's not about what I feel, it's not about what I think. To do that, I'll be going the carnal way, and the Bible says that's death. But to be spiritually minded, my word is spirit and truth. That's life, that's peace. Why do we come to church? You ought to come to church just with a mindset that says, Lord, what I hear today, I'm going to do. I'm coming to church today because I want to hear, but I want to hear. I don't want to, to just hear, Lord, I'm doing so well. You know, blessed adult children. Um, you know, my beloved, I'm so pleased with you. Uh, th thank you for that. But I want the words of instructions, the reproofs of correction that will cause me to operate in more of his life. Are you with me? Proverbs 6.23. Therefore, we ought to be coming to church with a mindset that whatever I hear, I'm going to do. Can you imagine if before you open your Bible and you spend some time reading, you say, Lord, show me a word today. And whatever you show me, I covenant with you right now, I'm going to do it. And even if it's hard, and I find it hard, even though your yoke is easy and burden is light and I'm having some difficulty, at least help me to be willing to be willing. You see what I'm saying? Where we have that mindset. That is what 1 Peter 1, 2 talks about. The spirit of, um, the, the spirit of sanctification unto obedience. Amen? So, what are, we, what are we talking about? What are the actions we need to take? The actions is spirit. One of those three cords or witnesses. Issues regarding prayer. Second, the word, meditating in that word, confessing that word, acting on that word. And then the third chord is the blood. And when we speak about the blood, we are speaking not just the blood, we are speaking about the sacrifice of Christ. And according to the word of God, when you apply the blood and the sacrifice correctly, your conscience will be purged from every dead work. Hebrews 9 verse 14. Hebrews 10 verse 1 and 2 says you can approach God and you could live in a place without a consciousness of sin. 
Which means what? You can live in a place with a righteousness consciousness. Now, that third chord, how do we apply the blood? How do we apply the sacrifice of Christ so that we could be established in righteousness, established in Christ, that Christ might be formed in you next week? <laughs> All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. Let's just stand and let's just pray just for a few minutes. Amen. All right, we're just going to pray for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Just for a few minutes, let's, let us take the next five minutes and make this, this place an atmosphere of prayer. Glory to God. You can turn off the light stream if you want to. Okay. Let's begin to pray. Let's say we have to ask God at least in this, at least regarding this transformation that needs to take place. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, say, say this with me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name by, the blood, by the blood, and through the veil of his flesh, of his we stand in your presence. In your presence. And from this place, from this place, this place of ascension, place of ascension with this resurrected life that we have, life we, have. we cry out to you, Father. Out Let Christ be formed in me. I thank you, thank you. that I'm born again, I'm born again. and I have the Spirit of Christ. But I want Jesus. I want Christ, your anointing, that oneness with you, to take up residence and to dwell in the soul chamber of my heart. Strengthen me with might by your spirit that Christ might dwell, live, take up residence in my heart, that soul chamber. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'm asking you, by the power of the Holy Ghost, working in me, both to will and to do your good pleasure. And it is your pleasure that fruit be engrafted in me. It is your pleasure that Christ be formed in me. So work mightily by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in my heart and in my life, bringing me into obedience. The obedience of faith, obedience to the blood, obedience with my confession in accordance to that blood of Christ that has been sprinkled in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please have a seat. There's something on my heart that just came during the service. And we need to do it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Who's aware what's happening in Lebanon? Nobody aware? Okay. There's some, yes, yeah, it's a, like we can call, I mean, I call it, uh, it's, uh, they're calling for reformation, basically. The people on the street, um, they're just children, everybody. So it's going wild, the people there not knowing what the next day is going to bring. And this is came actually after a wild fires in the mountains that miraculously it's uh, put down. So we know the region, it's in the no north of Israel, and we know that region is a fire pot. Right? We are not political in nature, but I believe in my heart we need to pray for the people. People on the streets, um, they're calling for, uh, go check it out. We're not going to do detail. But as a church, I'm born in Zahle, in the mountain of Bikar region. Born there, raised there. Got born again in Beirut, Ashrafi, with no preacher. That means God loves that country. He raised me there. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in the Maronite church on a Good Friday with no preacher. And God brought me here, and I'm standing as a minister of the gospel with my husband. So we're going to stand in the gap for that nation. Amen? We know it's, it's God's will. People think they're doing what they're doing. was happening accidentally. We know it's not. Right? So we're going to intercede according to the will of God. Because nobody knows how it's going to evolve or come, but God knows. Right? We need the will of God in that region. Protection and wisdom for the people who's for the leaders who is leading the people. Amen? Amen? So let's pray in the spirit. And anybody joining us, we know these things we cannot pray with our own thinking. So we're going to pray in the spirit yeah. and see how uh, the Lord does. Please, Pastor, can you join us in the Pastor Yes. Um, yeah. uh, Pastor let's, Anthony, let's please. And whatever the Lord pick up in your heart, I know people are watching this street and come up, come up, please. Uh, if I'm going to pray, I'm going to focal point, I'm going to position myself on the 
as if I'm the Lebanese nation. And Anybody have a lead, a leadership leading here? Any utterance coming in your heart? Father, I pray encouragement for the people who's on the street. Give them hope, hope of the gospel. Father God, we thank you that you are God of hope. And wherever people call upon you, they shall be saved. Oh, Maraka Maraka Father God, we speak hope, we speak hope, we speak hope. We speak your hope unto your people right now in Lebanon. We speak your hope unto their hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. And as they begin to call upon you, Father God, we thank you for your mighty deliverance. We thank you for your peace. 
We thank you for your great goodness towards them. Halamashosa Rabaya. Reke Mashokoto Roboboya. Deliver them from every evil. Karonde Rebabaya. Deliver them from every confusion in the name of Jesus. Reke Rabaya. Let your peace reign in their hearts. Sakora Banderia. And we thank you, Lord, that you shall reign. Oh, you shall reign. You shall reign. You shall reign. You shall reign, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You shall reign. You shall reign from before your people in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. We speak great courage to those who know you, Lord. We speak great courage to their hearts right now. And we thank you, Lord, Father God, that you are working in their hearts right now, giving them peace in the midst of the storm, giving them hope in the midst of the storms. In Jesus' mighty name, Father God. Oh, we declare peace to every storm right now. In Jesus' name, Father God, be glorified in this situation. Oh, Rama Shastarabaya. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, Anyone have any in your heart? Have anything? No? Father, we thank you for you hear us and you have the thing to ask of you. You go before us, prepare a way for us and put us in your footsteps and everyone in that nation. We trust you are our peace. We commit this nation to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So you're blessed going out, coming in. And uh, this Tuesday we have uh, Zoom Bible study. Amen. If you want Amen. to join us in it, you are blessed. You are blessed. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. You are blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs>